Welcome to a For the Love of Plants special episode. In this special episode, we'll be looking into bees, all in aid of World Bee Day. Now, what is World Bee Day to start? Well, World Bee Day is an international celebration of our brilliant, buzzing, bumbling friends and everything that they and other pollinators do to contribute to our ever-changing ecosystem. World Bee Day is a way to remind everyone of the important roles bees and other pollinators play. Pollinators are required for almost a third of all global crop production. The economic benefit of pollination to crop production in the UK is approximately 600 million each year based on yield. So their impact to our world and society should never be dismissed. World Bee Day was initially created in 2014 by a Slovenian beekeeper, Bosjan Nok, who wanted the world to know that every third spoonful of the world's food relies on bees and pollinators. He also wanted to raise awareness of how endangered pollinators are now becoming. Bosjan Nok is president of the Slovenian Beekeepers Association. World Bee Day is an approved and recognized international day by the United Nations. Although some recent studies have suggested the world population might start to decrease eventually, currently population figures are still exponentially increasing, with the world population recently topping 8 billion people. Now, that's a lot of mouths to feed, considering one third of all food consumed by people is reliant on these brilliant bees and pollinators. This means they are essentially supporting 2.6 billion people by pollinating various crops. According to the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations, bees pollinate 87 of the 115 leading food crops worldwide. 75% of the world's crop producing fruits or seeds for human use depend at least in part on pollinators. So what are the main threats to bees and pollinators, you might ask? Well, to begin with, habitat loss is a big one. Since World War II, we've lost masses of habitat across the UK, which has been repurposed for modern agriculture mainly. This has resulted in us losing 97% of our native wildflower meadows, which are a vital source of food for our pollinators. To try and reverse some of this horrendous damage, DEFRA has announced environmental land management schemes which pay farmers to help regenerate habitats and support wildlife. Also, notably, with regards to the recent coronation, King Charles is a keen environmental campaigner and has been for many years before he became king. I'm hopeful that this passion will continue to be expressed even now that he's king and he's got other responsibilities. Next is climate change. So scientists are starting to think that the ever-changing climate could be disrupting bee life cycles, particularly the nesting period due to the temperature change. Climate change is also affecting plants and when they flower, which also in turn affects pollinator populations as bees and other pollinators are reliant on plants as a source of food. Invasive species are also a cause of concern, with the Asian hornet actually eating honeybees. The Asian hornet is a little bit smaller than the native hornet in the UK. If spotted, you can report their location to the non-native species secretariat. And finally, one of the main concerns I wanted to raise is the use of the banned pesticide neonicotinoids. In the UK. On the 23rd of January, a temporary use extension was given for a banned pesticide that is known to harm pollinators and they're called neonicotinoids. When we were part of the EU, 
there were new regulations coming into place to ban the use of this harmful pesticide. However, since leaving the EU, they have banned the use of neonicotinoids. But we haven't. On the 23rd of January this year, a temporary use has been given for this banned pesticide that is known to harm pollinators. Quoted directly from the British Beekeepers Association, the president, Anne Robery, said the following. The government's emergency authorization to use a product containing neonicotinoids to treat seeds for the 2023 sugar beet seed crop in England causes the British Beekeepers Association serious concern for all pollinators on and around 100,000 hectares of UK farmland which are used for growing sugar beet in the UK. At the same time as the government have launched a strategy supporting the conservation of vulnerable endangered species and the environment globally, the government's own scientists advise against it but the government has decided to ignore their advice as potential adverse effects to honeybees and other pollinators outweigh the likely benefits. This emergency use will mean the use of chemicals on sugar beet will not only devastate the population of pollinators in the surrounding areas, but will affect the soil and water and therefore the environment for many months and possibly years to come. Why is it the UK government continue to allow these devastating chemicals to be used when European countries have banned their use completely? How can the UK government issue a global strategy document showing their intention to support conservation and protection for the UK and global environment and a few days later endorse such a devastating action? The government should stop any future use of these devastating neonicotinoids. Now, I know it's a lot to take into consideration, but if you, like me, feel appalled to hear about the use of a banned pesticide, you can sign a government petition to help overturn the decision to extend the use of this pesticide. Just go to petition.parliament.uk slash petitions slash 631948 to sign the petition to overturn the decision to allow the use of neonicotinoid pesticide on sugar crops. Currently, it's just top 20,000 signatures, so it's definitely worth signing it now. There is nothing quite like a bee. Truer words have never been said. We all know that bees have evolved in a rather special way, with their wings defying science and their eyes using ultraviolet flower patterns to locate pollen. But did you know that bees possess a communication system unique amongst colonial insects? It's known as the bee dance and it's pretty damn cool. When a worker bee finds a new nectar-laden flower, it faces a dilemma. Because it flies through the air, it cannot leave a scent trail from the hive to the flower to show the worker bees where to go. So instead, it must dance. So the bee arrives back at the landing platform of the hive entrance and scurries around in a circle before bisecting it. The bee then waggles its abdomen and buzzes excitedly. The line that the bee has bisected points directly towards the pollen and the worker bees who have been watching this dance very closely now fly off in the exact direction indicated. The further the bee wanders into the hive to do this dance, the further away the pollen is located. And if the bee wanders too far into the hive, it begins to face another challenge. 
It can no longer point directly to the flower because the honeycomb walls of the hive are now facing vertically. The bee is not phased. Instead, it uses the sun to direct worker bees in the right direction. For example, a circle bisection 10 degrees to the right of the sun indicates pollen located 10 degrees to the right of the sun. And similarly, a bisection 10 degrees to the left indicates pollen located 10 degrees left of the sun. This whole process is absolutely fascinating, but it becomes even more ludicrous when you factor in that this dance is done entirely in the dark and scientists can still only theorise how the bees can understand this dance without the ability to see it. Maybe it's to do with the smells or the hearing, no one really knows, but we do know that the buzzing is certainly a key component of the dance because without it, worker bees won't respond to the dance. Another interesting aspect of bees that I love to tell everyone is that some of them are monolithic, which means that they only consume one source of food. Amongst these are the red Bartsia bees, which are native to the UK, especially in the south of England and Wales. They are really special in that they only consume the nectar of red Bartsia, Odontites vernus, which is a really beautiful, inconspicuous, parasitic wildflower that we find growing in our meadows and along scrubby roadsides. The relationships that bees foster with other organisms, from birds to plants like the red Bartsia, and of course with humans, are vital and essential to the world's health. Bees are feats of evolution and are dependent on humans, changing our ways if we are to ensure their survival. Thanks so much for listening to our first special episode looking at and celebrating World Bee Day. I hope you've had a wonderful World Bee Day and I leave you with this interesting factoid or haughty thoughty. How many plants do you think a bee pollinates each day? Well, the answer might be more than you think. 1,500 plants each day. And to make one pound of honey, a hive must visit around two million flowers. So next time you buy some honey, don't forget about the hard work our buzzing friends have gone through to make it. And remember, they're completely reliant on us to ensure they have adequate food, whether through putting perfect for pollinator plants in your garden or through farmers planting strips of wildflowers. We're all responsible for the ecosystem that we inhabit together in this world. And we need to do everything that we can to ensure its preservation and survival.